Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. Today, I'm going to share with you uh, uh, something that has been on my heart for really some time. And so with this opportunity to speak, I knew exactly what I needed to say. Today, my message title is Mightily Grew the Word of God and Prevailed. Mightily Grew the Word and Prevailed. Now, in that title, it tells you uh, that there's mighty power that's available from God in life for us right now. We don't have to wait till we get to heaven. Used to. In my walk and relationship with the Lord, because I didn't know very much, I thought everything was in the future. I thought everything, and, and it's wonderful that we have heaven, and that's certainly not a bad thing, is it? That's a very good thing, but that's all I knew. That is all I knew, is that we're going to heaven, we're going to make it there, and make it the best way we can. But God's word is mighty. It's powerful. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And God's word grows. Did you know that? Mightily grew what? The word and prevailed. I love this word prevailed because it means with forcefulness and power. We prevail through the Word of God, growing in our life, and it forces something to happen. It forces the devil to get out of the way. It forces obstacles to get out of the way when we place God's Word in our hearts and in our minds. That's the planning process. That's where the growing takes place. It also means to overcome and to reign. God wants us to reign in this life through Christ Jesus. Didn't he say that? He did in Romans. He, he says we're to reign as kings. He didn't say that we're to uh, just barely make it by, inch into heaven, tattered and torn and bruised. No, that is not what he said. He said, I'm going to have a victorious church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against my church. Are you the church? I'm the church. The gates of hell are not going to prevail. Oh, yes, the winds come. Oh, yes, affliction comes. Oh, yes, difficulties come. If you think you get born again and then that's the end of that, you're... you're, you're mightily mistaken. The battle happens. The difficulties happen. But God has given us the ability to reign over it. To put your foot upon the neck of the enemy and not just say, oh well, you know, another day, I guess this is the way it's going to be. No, there needs to be the Word of God that inside of us that gives us a supernatural strength that we overcome and that we reign in this life through Christ Jesus. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I believe this. I'm not just up here a-preaching, if you know what I'm saying. 
That's not what I'm doing. I'm up here to tell you what the Bible says. I found out what the Bible said uh, in the uh, probably early 70s. Eddie and I had not been married very long at all. And we began to find out about the Word of God and how it's a seed and how if you plant it, it will grow up and it becomes greater than all the seeds that are out there. And it begins to produce. How do you think this church got here? Overcoming through the Word of God. We had a word from the Lord. And the word was... You go back to Knoxville because we were in California at the time. You go back to Knoxville and you began a church. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We were excited. We were so young and we were so dumb. <laughs> but it was good. We, it was good that we didn't know a lot of stuff about church life. It was good that we didn't because God began to teach us and he began to train us. And in the beginning, now listen to this. You're sitting here this morning. You came into the parking lot. You drove around in the campus area. You're looking at everything that's in here, all the children's ministry and, you know, everything that we have. And God has done amazing things. Now, I know in other churches, he does amazing things too. But I'm not in another church. I'm here. And I always want him to do more. But this, you know, he's done great things here at Redemption Church. But it started with nothing no people, no money, but we had a word from the Lord. We had a word from the Lord, and we began to do what God told us to do. Now, was it easy? Anything but. But I wouldn't do anything else because it's what God had for us. And now, the ministry that was in our heart is here today. It is here. It grew and became. The Word of God that God speaks to you, I'm not talking about a prophecy. If He gives you that, then wonderful. But you've got a book right here. This is my pillow. Eddie calls it my pillow. I stuff it full of everything. You've got a book right here that is full of seed. I'm talking to you. Yes. You got a book that's full of seed. And the story has not been told yet. You can allow it to do. You can do beyond what you think you can do. You take the seeds and you plant them. And when you plant them, you plant them in your heart and you get it in your mind and you begin to water and you begin to water and it doesn't look like anything. You think we saw, you, do you think that we naturally saw everything is here? We saw in our spirit what it could be, but we didn't see anything naturally speaking. I remember a little old Baptist man I, I worked with when um, the job I left when we went to California, and he was such a good man, and he listened to 
Eddie and myself, because I do the radio sometimes, he'd listen to us on the radio, you know, and he was totally Baptist. He didn't believe the spirit-filled walk, but he wasn't anti. And that little man, you know, we, we started an office and we had nothing. We had... <laughs> You think I'm kidding. We had nothing. He brought us, in, a, in those days, it was a typewriter, not a computer. It was a typewriter, an old one at that. He gave us an old desk and whatever else he had. Because Think about it. God can use a Baptist man in a spirit-filled ministry. <laughs> Isn't that great? Well, that was because he used a Baptist man and woman to start this church. That's what we were, too. Uh, now we're plus. I mean, you know, we're Baptocostal or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Amen. But the Word of God will work for you in the same way it works for anyone. God is no respecter of persons. He's the same yesterday, today, and he'll be the same tomorrow and forevermore. Amen? So what do you have to do? You have to get in on this. You have to have insight into the Word of God. You do what it says. You plant it, and things begin to happen. Oh, well, that just sounds so hard. Or, oh, that is just sounds so easy. I don't care what you say. Just do it. Just do it. You know, somebody comes and, you know, they tell you, you can lose 50 pounds doing this. And really, maybe legitimately you could, but you got to do it and you got to stick to it. That's the way things are in life. The Word of God, you got to do it and you got to stick to it and you got to water it and you got to water it and you got to water it. Amen? Now, as we look at Acts 19.20 and... Um, this scripture so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. As we look at that, that is taken uh, from uh, the book of Acts, of course, and Paul is speaking there, and uh, the gospel had been preached in that area, Ephesus, in, the, in that area, uh, for two years. They had their seed bag, plant and seed, plant and seed, plant and seed. Plant and seed, plant and seed. That's what they did for two years. They planted seed. Now, I want you to look here to see what happened. Then people began to repent. They began to repent of their sin. See, there's no salvation unless there's true repentance. Repentance is turning from sin to God. That's what it's all about. Godly sorrow Godly repentance or godly sorrow works repentance. We get sorry. We're sorry for what we've done. We're sorry for what's been committed by us in our life. The people began to repent. And when they repented, they began to be born again because these salvation seeds have been planted for two years in that very place. 
They heard the gospel and they accepted it. Then the supernatural began to happen. Supernatural things began to happen. You remember that story about the seven sons of Sceva? You remember that? And, you know, they heard Paul and the, uh, his team. They heard them preaching the word of God. They thought, man, I want to get in on that. They didn't know Jesus Christ as their own personal Lord and Savior, though. And so they began to go out and they began to preach. And then what happened? Devils attacked him. You know, Paul, I know, but who are you? They're imposters. They didn't know Jesus. And so they got attacked by devils. And then you know what happened? Great fear came upon the people there in Ephesus. Great fear came. They turned to the Lord. They turned their attention off of idols, off of the occult. If you read that, you can see it. They begin to bring their books and their, their items that they used in, in witchcraft worship there. They began to bring them. They piled them all up and they set a fire and they said, we're through with this. We're not going to do this anymore. This is not who we are. We're Christ followers. You see, those seeds were planted and great things happen. Yesterday, we planted seeds all over this area. We planted seeds, and now we have to water, and now we have to pray, now we have to praise, now we have to thank God for what He's doing in this area, and that seed is going to grow, and it's going to produce. Can you say amen? amen. All right. Okay, I want you, uh, if you would, to turn to Mark 4, verse 30 and 32. Now, when we read that, this is Jesus' words, okay? And it says, Mark 4, 30 and 30 through 32. Whereunto shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or, or really you could say, what is the kingdom of God like? I like to know things like that, don't you? What is the kingdom of God like anyway? Can you give me a description of what the kingdom of God is? Or what comparison shall we compare it? Okay, things, you know, that I can understand, things that are around me, things that I use, tools that I use, show me what the kingdom of God is like. See, sometimes we think it's this ethereal, uh, you know, spooky, far out there. That's the kingdom of God. No, the kingdom of God is about to be described to us in this very scripture by Jesus. Listen to what he said. It is like a grain of mustard seed. He tells us, and he goes on to say, uh, that when it is sown into the earth is less than all the seeds that be in the earth. The smallest seed. I remember when I was a child, you know, when you're a kid, you don't wear much jewelry, you know, or I didn't anyway. Uh, I liked it, but I just didn't wear it. You're young, you know, you're not responsible. You're not going to keep up with jewelry. But somehow, as a gift, someone had given me, and I don't even remember who, but had given me a necklace. 
And on that necklace, it was a, a little round clear ball, and it had on the inside of it a mustard seed. So teeny, so teeny. You can't, I mean, you, it, it's like, wow. You can't even hardly see it. It's so small. Well, that's what he said. The kingdom of God is like this. It's like this small, little seed. And we look at these small, little seeds of the Word of God when we're dealing with issues in our life. You know, if we need healing in our body, it's looming over us. You know, the sickness, the pain, the disease, you know, it's looming over us. And then we take this small, little seed that looks so insignificant and we plant it. Where do we plant it? Well, in a garden, you plant it in the soil, don't you? But we plant it in our hearts. We plant that small little seed in our heart. And, you know, again, our bodies are crying out. But you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I'm feeling. You don't know how I'm hurting. And then you get the Word of God, this seed. By His stripes, I am healed. And you take that small little seed that seems so insignificant. You plant it in your heart. And even when you say it, it, it sounds so small compared to what's going on in your life. Maybe, you know, you are in a situation financially where things are difficult. They're tight. You don't know how you're going to make it. You don't know how you're going to meet your responsibilities. You take that seed, my God shall supply my need according to his riches and glory. You take that truth that seems so small, insignificant, how in the world can it make a difference? You plant it in your heart and you begin to water it and water it and water it and speak it and confess it and quote it. You begin to say, and you know what? Then pretty soon it's not in the ground anymore. It begins to pop up. It begins to pop up. You know, if you have a garden, can't you just imagine that dirt wants to hold that seed down? But it can't. I'm coming up. I'm coming up. And then before you know it, it pops up. And now listen to the rest of this. What, a, what an example. But when it is sown, it grows up. Say it grows up. It grows up. Say the word grows up, the word grows up. And, becomes greater. and becomes greater. See, that's what we have to understand. When it is sown, it grows up and it becomes. What does it become? It becomes what you put in the ground of your heart. If you need salvation seeds, you put salvation in. If you need family crisis seed to overcome that, you put family crisis seed in the ground because God says that. If you just are 
having a difficult time in life. Maybe there's addictions. Maybe all kinds of things could be going on. Or maybe, you know, your children are wayward. They're not living for the Lord and all of that. There are seeds found in this book that you take, you plant in your heart, and then what happens? It grows and it becomes. But now, so many people do this. So many people say, well, I planted it and nothing's really happening. That's how you know that you might have planted it, but you certainly aren't watering it. You certainly aren't actively believing for it. But you can change your life and you can change your situation if you do what we're talking about this morning. The Word is a seed. Say that. Say the Word is a seed. And we got to understand it. Well, I know that. I know that. Well, how many seeds are you sowing? Or how many crop failures have you had? You might have put them in the ground. Well, today, start again. New day. New way. Start again. Some of you, there th- you, you know, you need things in your life for your family, and that is not a sin. That is not a sin. God wants to help you in your life. He wants to give you a good home. You just clean it up and keep it in order. You knew I was going to say that, didn't you? That's right. You take care of what God gives you. If he gives you a vehicle, you need a vehicle to go to work. You need a vehicle to take care of your family, to do all the things that you have to do. Take care of it. Don't fill it full of junk and let it be dirty and grimy. Clean it up because God gave it to you. That's your car that God gave to you. And so you take care of it. Amen. I'm getting off my subject now for sure. But anyway, the seed grows up when it's sown and it becomes greater than all the herbs and it shoots out great branches so that the fowls or the birds of the air may lodge under the shadow of it. In other words, pops through the ground, so small, looks so insignificant. How in the world is it going to change my life? How in the world is it going to make a difference? Because it grows up and it becomes great so that the birds can even lodge in that tree. It's so big. It's not that little bitty herb coming up out of the ground. That's not what it is anymore. It grows up and it becomes, but it takes effort. It takes the watering process of God's people to protect it, to take care of it, to tend it. You know a garden, I don't, I'm not going to act like I know a lot about gardening because you know I was telling you something that I don't know. But when I was a child, my brother, I had a brother, uh, have a brother, and uh, two sisters. And so we, there was always a lot of activity at our house with all four of us. But my brother, was he wanted to be a farmer. And we lived in the city, but we had a you know, piece of ground in the yard where he could plant and, and do all that stuff. Man, I thought that was great. I didn't want to put anything in the ground. I didn't want to plant any seeds. I didn't want to pull any weeds. I didn't want to do any of that. Leave that up to him. Sometimes that's the way we are. I don't want to do that. Let somebody else do it. Well, you're not going to get what God has 
for you because this is the way of the kingdom. You remember I said that? This is the way of the kingdom. This is how the kingdom works. This is how you tap into God's provision. This is how you tap in to what God has for you. And if you don't, you can go to heaven, you can love the Lord, and you can just barely make it in, not have what you need, but it's not God's fault. It's not God's fault. But you know what I loved about my brother's garden? Of course, he would get all kinds of things. My parents probably loved it because of the vegetables and all that. I love fresh vegetables, don't you? But anyway, he grew these watermelons. I don't know why they were about this big. I kept thinking, where's that big watermelon? I want that big watermelon. I could probably eat and all of it. But... But he had these little, and then so I said, okay, I'll just have me a personal watermelon. Of course, he probably wouldn't let me have it. You know how kids are. <laughs> he wouldn't have let me have that. But so I know a little bit about gardening from a distance, not because I did it. So we can see the word is a seed, and it grows and it becomes. What does it become? Again, it becomes whatever you plant whatever you plan. You know, when you're in need in your life, in your marriage, you don't need to go plant seeds of end-time prophecy. Is there anything wrong with that? No. Can you do it in your Bible reading? Yes, but as far as actively believing God and planting seed, you need to whatever it is in your life that you need, whatever you're believing God for, whatever needs to happen, that you plant the right things at the right time. You know, it just, it's just the way you do it. Amen? So know that this is about the Word, this is about Scripture, and this is about the Bible. I'm just going to give you real quickly here some Scripture that tells you about the Word of God. Galatians 6, 7. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. That's why I say sow the seed that you need because that's what you're going to reap. If you need um, increase in finances and you need God to help you on your job and you need God to help you with promotion and all that kind of, sow the seeds of the Word of God in that area. Now, I'm going to tell you, it doesn't mean that you don't have to do certain things. If you're an irresponsible um, employee and you don't do what, and you take advantage of your employer and all of that, you're sabotaging your seed. You need to do things right. We don't have, we, we're none of us perfect. But when you do things to sabotage, you need to change it. And, and do what you say. You, your employer pays you for so many hours and you work that many hours and you do right things. And if they want to bless you and do uncommon things, you know, uncommon from that job, then they'll do it. But it's not for you to take upon yourself to do that. Be responsible and dependable. We live in a time where people are anything but that. I've never seen anything like it. That's why you see all these now hiring everywhere. Nobody wants to work. Well, you got to work. If you don't work, you don't eat. Well, the government. That's the problem right now, and you don't want to get me into that.
There's something that comes from working and earning your living. There's something satisfac- uh, that brings you satisfaction in that. So whatever you sow, that's what you're going to reap. You, uh, again, plant that salvation seed. That's what's coming up. Plant that financial increase seed. That's what's going to come up on and on and on. Isaiah 55, 11, So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. Who said that? God. When it comes out of my mouth, this came out of the mouth of God. It shall not return void or be empty or without results. Well, I did that and nothing happened. No, I don't believe you. I believe the Bible. Let God be true and every man a liar. Amen. All right. And he said, this word will not return void, but it, the word, shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. It's going to prosper in the thing that he set it up there for. He came, Jesus came to give us abundant life. He told us to reign as a king. Then he showed us how that you, you reign as a king. You obey the scripture. You obey what you're supposed to, to do, and you follow that, and then it comes to pass. Not immediately, just like a plant in the ground doesn't pop up immediately. There is a process, and we just are watering that seed when we put it in the ground. Lord, I thank you that you meet my need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I am a tither, Lord. And you said you open the windows of heaven. You pour me out. See, that's watering. Thank you, my Father, that you're such a good God, that you're loving, that you're kind, that you care for me, that you cleanse me and forgive me when I sin. And I'm so thankful for that, Father. Begin to praise God. Begin to worship God. And you water it. God has spoken words in the Bible for healing words. If you've got a broken heart, or you have a physical sickness. He cares. Plant the seed. Plant the seed. He's got favor words. You're blessed going out. You're blessed coming in. Everything you put your hand to is blessed. You're blessed with faithful Abraham. I encompass you about with a shield. With favor. Praise the Lord. And that's the kind of seeds we need to plant. Amen. You need to, if you need strength, some people just need strength. Some people need deliverance. They're in the middle of demonic activity and messes. And yes, it could be addictions or attacks like that, but it can be all kinds of things. He's the God of your deliverance. He's the God of healing. He's the God of provision. And he reveals it in a lot of his names to us in the Old Testament, doesn't he? So once you plant those seeds, they begin to grow. And then what happens? They become. They become whatever it is that you need it. There are no devils 
No lying voices that can stop it if you won't let them. I can just tell you, when you plant a seed, the devil, you know, he can be right there seeing you plant your seed and wanting you to dig it up, wanting you to believe it's not going to produce. Lying. Do you know there's lying spirits? Do you know that there's doctrines of devils? You know what that means? Devils teach. You know what they teach? Their own doctrine that is contrary to the Word of God. So whatever he says to you, it's the opposite. Amen. We don't need to be listening to that. We need to listen to God. Paul said in Corinthians, I planted. Apollos watered. See, other people can help you water your seed. They can. But then it goes on to say, but God gave the increase. Don't, don't, don't get your eye. Well, you know, I, I'm going to get close to so-and-so because they're doing really well, and maybe they'll do something for me. That is ugly as it can be, and that is taking your eyes and your faith off of God and putting them on someone else. Now, God may use other people, and He does, but don't be looking to others. Look to the Lord because it is God that gives the increase. You plant, you water, and it grows and becomes. Amen? You believe that? All right. Isaiah, I'm, t I'm telling you scripture now that proves about the Word of God and what it will do. Isaiah 43, 26. Put me in remembrance. Remind me, God is saying. Let us plead together. Remind me what my word says. Do you not think he knows what his word says? But he says, you put me in remembrance of that. You, you remind me of what it says. Let us plead together. Declare thou that thou mayest be justified. We need to do some declaring and decreeing. I think that is really part of the, the watering process. You remember, we need to be like Mary. You remember when the angel came to Mary just as a young girl. I can't even imagine this. Not married, just a young teenager. And the angel of the Lord came to her and gave her the plan of what God had for her life. And she said, be it unto me. Be it unto me according to your word. And see, that's what we need to be saying. Well, it looks like I'm going to fail. It looks like things are not going to go well. It looks like I'm going to lose this. It looks like I'm not going to make it here. Be it according to your word. Find the promise. Find the seed. Find the word. Be it unto you according to that. You got to do something. Amen. Heaven and earth may pass away but my words will stand forever. This old earth is going to be devastated one day, but God's word is going to live on forever. When we get to heaven, the word of God is not ending. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. So we need to begin to talk the word. We need to begin to plant seeds. If you're in a time of devastation right now, if you're in a time where you don't know what you're going to do, plant seed. 
But you say, I'm not strong enough. I don't know if I can. I, I understand what it's like to be at those places where you, you know, you're, you're trying to get yourself up and just have the equilibrium to live for life. I've been there. My son at 17 years old, he left this earth and went to heaven. I was beyond devastation. I was beside myself. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to turn. I didn't know how I was going to make it. But up out of my spirit began to come these words. Lord, I don't understand. This shouldn't be, but it is. It shouldn't be, but it is. You are a good God. I know that. You are good and your mercy. I'm telling you what I did. And then I began to say, I trust you beyond anything else. Through tears, through being overwhelmed, I said it. The seed was in me and the seed was coming out of me. And I began to say it. And some of you, I don't know, maybe you're in a situation like that. But maybe it's not anything that severe and that great. But you're in a place. You're in a bind. You're restricted. And you need some things to break out and break forth for you. And I'm going to tell you the way out is through God's Word. The Holy Spirit in your life. You know, when you're going through things, the Holy Spirit is just so magnificent, so remarkable. He brings to you a peace that you don't even know where it, where it came from. I mean, you know it came from Him, but you don't even know how it can be there in that heart that has this hole that's that big in it. You don't even know how that can drop down into you. But it does. But it does. So those of you that are looking at things in your life today that seem so just huge and you don't know how to deal with it. And then others of you, you have uh, things that are not so huge, but you're still dealing with it. It's the same way to overcome what I'm telling you here today. Can you say amen? amen. Now, I read this story, and it, it is something else about seeds. And in Israel, and this story, of course, would happen in Israel. You would expect it to. But there was excavation going on and in, uh, around an old palace in Israel. And when they were going through the ruins, they found a clay pot. And in that clay pot was seeds. They estimated these seeds to be 2,000 years old. Think about that. A seed that is 2,000 years old. What in the world can happen with that seed? 
Well, I tell you, and, and plus the seed was to a date palm tree, okay, that had gone extinct, extinct in the 6th century. So it had been long gone when they found it. I think this was in the 60s when they found it. And they found it there, and they determined, we're going to plant that seed, that 2,000-year-old seed. We're going to plant it. So they did. They planted one there, and then they planted some in other places too. <coughs> Excuse me. And you know what? Up through the ground, it came popping up, and it grew. And it grew, and it grew, and it grew, and then it became that date palm, beautiful date palm tree that had been extinct all those years. They found uh, the seed, and it produces, it begins to grow, and what does it do? It becomes. It becomes what the seed put in the ground was. Now, I'm going to tell you something. When I grew up, I don't just say things that other people, I hear other people say. When I grew up on my coffee table at my house, we had a family Bible. And that family Bible laid on that coffee table all the time. It was like a decoration, you know, like I have decor in my home and I want everything here, you know. Well, that was our decor. And it laid on that living room table. Now, that didn't mean, I mean, we... I, in my house, we had Bibles. I read the Bible, you know, didn't understand the thing I read, but I read it, so-called. And you know what? As long as that Bible was on that coffee table, or maybe in your house, it was on the shelf, or maybe it is on the shelf, and you don't really take it off that shelf very much. You know what? It's full of seed, it's just like that clay pot full of those seeds. You take it out, you plant it, it germinates, and it grows. Well, you have to take it off the shelf. You have to get it off the coffee table. You have to get it off the nightstand. And what do you do? You place it in your heart. You begin to read it. You begin to believe what you see. You begin to trust God that what he said in the word is what he'll do for you. You know what? You right here. God's using you to do some good things right now, isn't he? Got that title for the track? For the state, right? Who knows what God can do? It, I'm not saying it has to be through track, but it could be or it may be something else. I'll tell you what. Plant the seed, water it, and watch it grow. Amen? We need to do that. And we need to get it off the shelf. We need to get it off the coffee table. At my house, you know, if some, one of our loved ones, an aunt, uncle, grandmother, somebody, they passed away, you know, we'd take that little rose. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Did you do that too? Okay. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about, but we'd take that little plant, smush it, put it, uh, I, I, I think we used uh, wax paper, put it in there, and then put it in that Bible, or if you had a card that was meaningful to you, you know, you'd keep that card. You can't keep all the cards people give you, but, you know, some that are really, really meaningful to you, you can put that card 
in that Bible and keep it. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but I'm going to tell you, that book is so precious and so powerful. It is way beyond putting a little rose or a little uh, card in there. We need to get it off the pages, put it in our heart, and let it grow and let it become. Say the seed grows and then it becomes. See, we need to know that. We need to understand that. I've got my water all covered up up here. I've got to have a sip. You say, well, when are you going to stop? In a minute. <laughs> I've had a good teacher. <laughs> Amen. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get over here to where something I want to talk to you about. The Word of God is living. It has life to it. It is not ink on pages. It's living and active. And it's sharper, the Bible says in Hebrews, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And you know two-edged, you know what that means? Two-mouthed. Your mouth, God's mouth. Two mouths. You speak it out, and God can do some things. Amen? Now, there's a story, and again, I'm wrapping up, and I'm going to be fast here. In Jeremiah 5, and it talks about the sand of the sea. And it says that the sand of the sea is there upon that shoreline, and it holds back the sea. The sand is a boundary for a perpetual, this is what the Bible says, for a perpetual decree. There's a boundary that the sand makes that came when God decreed. Sand, you hold back this ocean. Sand, you hold back the sea. And then what happens if a typhoon or something like that hits? You know, you can have a tsunami and, you know, it'll cross over. But you know what? Every time, it has to go back. It has to go back. Because the sand, it was decreed to the sand, you hold it back. God has made decrees in this book he has declared some things, and a boundary has been set up. And these things that we need, that we believe God for, they've been decreed. And if the devil crosses over, he has to go back. He has to go back. He has to go back. Those little pebbles, those little teeny pebbles of sand, how can it hold back the sea? Because God decreed it. How can the seed of God's Word that seems so small at times and insignificant when all the time it's powerful, it just has to be planted and then it will become what you planted. Amen. And we have to understand that. And my last thing that I'm going to say here in the book of Kings, Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign as the king. 
and things weren't going well. And he, you know, began to get older. And then he said, you know what? Let's take the temple and let's begin to restore that temple. So he sent his scribe over and he said, I want you, uh, you're going to be in charge. I want you to, you know, take in the silver and everything that the people bring. And because I know that I can trust you and you're trustworthy, I want you to take all of that and I want you to begin to repair the temple. Well, at that time when they were in there uh, repairing the temple that had gotten in disarray because they were away from God, and they didn't know the Word of God. They had no law. They had nothing. And then one day, the priest went down to the temple, and in all the mess and disarray, you know what he he did? He found the book of the law. He found the book. And I'm going to tell you uh, that King Josiah, when they brought the book, they read the book. They saw where they had sinned against God. They saw where they had just made a mess. And their eyes were opened. And you know, the Bible said that, that, they did not, uh, that God did not... Um, hold against Josiah. They let God let him just go on to die and serve out his term, but the other the people had to pay because they didn't keep the word and they didn't do what God told them to do. Well my ending today is to you. I want to tell you that in the 1970s I found the book. I found the book, and in the book, it became a mirror, and God said, you can do this, you can have this, you can accomplish this, I'll use you to do that, I'll provide for you here, I'll take care of you physically, I'll do this for you, I'll do that for you, I found the book, I want to encourage people in this room today, I want you to find the book. Because in the book, it's full of seed. And in the seed, you can plant it and it'll grow and become. Well, a little patty cake here. If you're going to clap, clap. I get excited about it. You young people that are in this room today, you can do something with your life. And I'm not talking about by your own means. I'm talking about by the power of the Holy Spirit at work in you. You can take the Word of God and you can plant it in your life and you can see what God can do for you. He can do what no other can do. Somebody in this room, you need some furniture. Now, I'm saying that by the Spirit. You need some furniture. Well, I can ask my mother, and I can ask my aunt, and I can ask my cousin. Well, I guess you could if they have it. But I got a better way. You find in this book your provision. You plant the seed, and you begin to work. In 1982, this church was fairly new. We started in 1978. And someone split our church, caused division. People left. Money went down. And it looked like we were going to lose this church. 
Wouldn't that be a sad thing? I mean, I guess anybody could give up because it's very discouraging, but we didn't. You know what we did? What I'm telling you today. Do you think what we preach to you is just something we pull out of there that we don't live? We've lived it, honey. We have lived it. We began to plant the seed. We began to speak over it. We will not lose this building. My God shall supply our need according to His riches and glory. Greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world. The world, the devil, the system wants to destroy the church. But God wants to build the church. And so we planted the seed. And you know what we did? You may think this sounds foolish. We took a cassette player at that time that was preaching faith and the Word. And we set it in that accounting room and it looped over and over, reading it over. Guess what was there? The checkbook. The checkbook of the church was in that room. We were planting seed, planting seed, planting seed. And you know what? We don't even know how all that debt got taken care of because so many people had left. And that means their tithes and offerings go. You know that. And we had just purchased the building. You think that's not the devil? It was the devil. There's no doubt about that. And we got all of that paid. Well, how did that happen? The word, the seed grew, became what we were believing it to to do. I don't know how he did it. It wasn't like somebody came in and gave us a huge, large gift. It wasn't anything like that. It wasn't anything like that. It was taken care of. A little here, a little there, here, there. And then, here we are today. And it's because we have planted the Word, the seed, and it has become. You plant the Word in your life, and it will become. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.